it can be like new breath sometimes letting go of those old stories and being like nope this is this change has happened i am terrified i do not know what i'm doing i am carrying on Hello, gentlefolk of the internet. Oh, wow. <laughs> we are back for episode 30 Which of the Kindness Economy podcast. Episode 30 is just, I'm like, what did that? We've, we've done the thing. We're doing the thing. We've done it 30 times. We have talked about doing business from the heart outward. 30 times. 30 times. This oh. week, we are going to be talking about basic change. Fear of success, fear of failure, all of those things representing change and a lot of the change happening in our lives. And it's just like we're in a, I personally am in an embrace the suck phase. It's good times. Yeah. Upheaval. That is a thing when it comes Mm -hmm. to change. (laughs) So fun. So how are you doing? Oh, I'm going to start with right now. Right now, I am apparently hungover. That was not the plan. That was not the anticipated outcome of my decisions last night, but here we are. And it took thinking through, like, what the heck did I do yesterday? Because I ate food, I did not overdo at all. Why am I feeling like this? The only thing different that happened yesterday is that I went to the doctor and had a blood draw for... Blood draw. Mm. I have less blood in my body. Therefore, alcohol is going to hit a little different. It apparently hit harder. Mm. So there's that. Um, Fluids. Yeah, I've been having lots of water, lots of juice, lots of coffee. I stopped at Kate's Kitchen. I had a bunch of bacon. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Kate's Kitchen. Yeah. Um, So yeah, there was that. So that is my state right now. It is tied to me taking care of my health yesterday. I went to the doctor, like got the tires kicked and whatnot. And I'm good. I'm good to go. Nice. Um, and it really was one of those things where it's like, I don't want to do this. This why? Why? But that is again, that's that part of the the unglamorous part of self care. Yeah, <sighs> like getting giving and receiving of fluids in your body intravenously. Yeah, and and yeah, shots. I got shots. I got blood taken. I, I was a big girl. I didn't flip out. I just kind of told the the vampire, it's like, don't take it personal, but I have to look the other way. Otherwise, I get all woozy. And conversely, I literally have to watch the needle go in. <laughs> I'm just like, nope. And they're like, you really want to watch? I'm like, yes, just go. And I'm just staring right at it. And I'm just like, uh, that is what I need. Yeah. If I'm not looking, I'm like, I, I in the absence of information, I'm like freaking out. Did See? That's like, so weird. Yeah. Um, what else? I got the, I got the HPV vaccine. I'm going to talk about that for a second yeah. because my doctor's like, hey, um, at first this was a vaccine that was restricted to much younger portions of the population um, in order to vaccinate against warts, genital mm-hmm. warts. 
human H- papilloma. HP, yeah. H- yeah, pap. Papilloma virus. Papilloma virus. Papilloma virus. Oh, it's had the mm, hardest closest. time getting that word out. It's <laughs> like papilloma. Um, but um, it has benefits long term f- as far as like, you know, avoiding cancer. Mm. For knew? those of us that have cervixes and yeah. such. Yeah. Um, so now they have, they being medical professionals, have determined that it's not just something that should be restricted to younger members of the population, that cervix havers of a wider variety of ages are eligible, and I fall within that eligibility window. So, like, sure, why not? I will get it. It seems like a good thing. Healthy. Um, for those of you who are up to date on your tetanus shots, think tetanus. It's like the needle goes in, and then they, they, they you feel it, and then the needle comes out, and there's that like one beat or two beats, and then suddenly there's this insta bruise, like bam, right there, and it it's kind of intense. It's it's kind of intense. <laughs> I don't want to talk down about it because I think it is something that is has great benefit for people. But just understand if this is something that you decide to do for it's your It's a health, hard shot to take. It is on scales of shots to take. It is intense. Like it's I'd put it a step above tetanus. So I have been digging out childhood trauma in my shoulder, mm. which has been good. Um, like I was able to the last time I was last time we were doing the deep tissue work I was only really getting flashes of being in the room where the abuse happened and now I'm like and it's and I'm like in a small child pose and like that's where I was able to be like oh this is the shape that I'm taking on all the time this defensive position I will I'm ready to fight you now all the time uh, apparently that's probably exhausting. I wouldn't know the difference. Um, and uh, I'm just like so low of capacity because I kind of like I'm I'm extra fighty while we're working through it. Mm-hmm. And this time in the session, I was able to like not be in a small child like like before I could see myself as a small child in the space. And this time I was like seeing myself as an adult and standing like with strength and power in the space. And like occasionally hugging my parent. (laughs) Wow. Also just like sobbing out the face and like in the face cradle of a massage space. So like I'm getting this like stalactite. Yeah. Of snot that gets to approximately six inches before I like I'm just like okay this has got to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you know it's good. Oh, it's good times. Good crying. Good crying. And I got to and I just cried, just weepy faced crying until like and there was just it wasn't just the one spot. There was a bunch of it was like a pinball mm, board. It would just like, like bounce up it. and down my back. This tension in a bunch of different spots. And I could just like visualize myself in the room and being strong and big and like not a victim. Um, and then just, you know, cry until you start laughing thing. Oh, you yeah. Know? And then, you know, you get to be like, but look at all this capacity. I mean, yeah, it was fucked up, but hey. 
Um, so, uh, so that was super cool. And I'm like working through it and it's, I assume it will get better. My capacity will increase as I am continuing to work through it. Mm -hmm. Um, the other thing that's super intense happening with my health is, is, um, my spouse and a friend of mine in social media, uh, Christy McGold, she's been doing a lot of like FB lives and stuff like that. Um, I've been working with her. Um, she does this, she works at this clinic doing people's treatment for cancer and in amongst the treatment options is like this stem cell treatment. And one of the things, like I'm reading this book called uh, Gut Ah, uh, yes. And in the book, they talk about like, if you did not have a vaginal birth and you were not breastfed, then your microbiome isn't quite working. Like you might have a functioning microbiome, but it's very unlikely that you do because you didn't really get the natural download of microbiome that most humans get or most mammals get. And so, they can give you this incredibly expensive treatment. And by incredibly expensive, I mean $10,000. And that's like insane to me, so much money. Um, but the other things that I do to take care of my stomach, because my microbiome it make, means that I really struggle to digest food, um, I would easily make up for the cost of this treatment in the savings of like the cost of the food that I eat in two years because mm. it's just that expensive to feed me and and sitting with that like ultimately the biggest problem that I have with it is a kind of twofold thing it's like I have some kind of intense survivor's guilt about it like this is obviously a really prohibitively expensive treatment come on baby come on there you go. Yeah. Um, this is a very prohibitively expensive treatment. And I have a lot of friends that have these problems. Mm -hmm. And most of them could not afford this. And I just, I'm really struggling getting over that. Also, a little bit of um, maybe fear of success, like what you're talking about, but just like fear of walking away from an identity that I've been like deeply invested in for the last 10 years of my life as effectively I spend so much time and energy thinking about what I eat. Mm -hmm. Like I, I have to joke that I'm allergic to food and air because if I didn't, I would be freaking out. Like I eat powdered lunch because it's so stressful for me to have to think about what to eat three times a day that I would literally rather eat powder. It's so nice to not stress about it. But I'm like attached to that stress. Ooh. Like what the fuck else am I going to do now? What 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 do I do with this capacity? What am I supposed to do? I have to, you know, like mm -hmm. the expect like I put, I start I start judging it and start judging myself. I start putting expectations on myself and it gets really intense really fast and so like this came up last week and I'm just like really struggling to get my head around putting that much money into myself in a single transaction and also like what if it fails and so it's really pushing me, my boundaries around about um, my limits and 
yeah, whether or not I really want to succeed and 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 sitting with like the parts of me that don't. Mm-hmm. Being like, oh, I see you. You're terrified. <laughs> Does that feel like a good first? Yeah? Mm. Okay. We will be right back. Welcome back. So we have the business segment. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I am I am working with a lot of new clients, and it's kind of awesome. Yeah. And the thing that I am running into is particularly with highly effective and um, not just effective, but successful folks socialized as women. They are, we are addicted to praise. We are yeah. so addicted to the good grade, that mm. pat on the head. Mm. And it really stops my clients from putting out content. If you put out content and don't get the praise, did it ever happen? Right. It's like a disvalidating, <laughs> really hard thing. It's just like, no, you have, to, you have to suck at this. It has to be terrible. You have to get no likes. Just you liked it. That's enough. And it's <laughs> I don't want to. Um, but here's what's happening. Here's what I'm seeing. When you are willing to do the failure and the sloppiness that comes with early adoption, so me being on TikTok or me messing around on LinkedIn and all that kind of shit, what happens is now, so I've been there for six months. Well, now everybody just noticed this place was happening, or they noticed before, but they didn't really go. There's half a billion users. Almost none of them are making content. So those half a billion users need something to look at, and they'll put your shit out. And something I didn't really make clear, apparently, before, yeah. about the when I'm looking at the analytics, for TikTok in particular, they are so desperate for content, everything that I put out goes up on the For You page. Even if I only get like 10 likes or almost no likes, I can look at the analytics for my content and see that still 40% of those likes and those plays were on the For You page, at least. For those of you who are unfamiliar with TikTok, the For You page is where you land when you first log into the app. Yeah, it's where like all the cool stuff is and you can swipe through and check it out. Um, the other tab is the just your following folks. And the more consistent you are with putting out content, the more often people are gonna look at your other content on your profile. You can link to your Instagram. Last week we actually performed outstandingly for the podcast because we did a little pre-roll on mm, TikTok. That's right. And I've been boasting about that across all platforms because it's helpful to know that the performance is really coming through an actual, you know, the clicks on the content that people really want you consuming. So in this case, it's the podcast, right? I was able to clearly note a dramatic increase. And we're gonna talk more about the numbers obviously in a couple of weeks, but just yeah. the specific, you know, click through from TikTok 
was outstanding based on a stupid little lights you know, camera action lights camera action video that we did and we're gonna do we did a different one this week and just to see you know the attention span of the audience is too short for bullshit to matter to them so it could suck and it doesn't matter it doesn't go on your fucking permanent record what I know, I know. The people that are really addicted to the good rates are really also like, also on the like, not on my permanent record. Oh my God, okay, the tangent, tangent. Oh please, go. <laughs> but I, I wound up with my permanent record. I have my permanent record. Like the, in, I'm making air quotes, but in school. When were you, you had, when did you do that? When I graduated. Oh. Uh, because because both my parents were like in the school system my dad was an administrator so cool i don't know how he wound up with my permanent record like my file from kindergarten through 12th grade that's gonna be so cool and i took that sucker i was like mine um and it's so weird because and i really feel like especially in light of this episode and what we're talking about that i should pull that fucker out and just have it sitting out to remind myself that fucking permanent record is just an abstract concept that people held over my head to force me into a set of it's behaviors just leverage i was like no it was just it's just paper it was just all just paper paper with a bunch of judgments on it yeah i mean like the, the organizer in me is like throw it out but it's like no actually that this might be a cool. good reminder. That's cool. A good reminder. Wow. <laughs> All right, tension done. <laughs> no, that's fine. Uh, no, I'm just dealing with my my clients who are sort of afraid to get in there and be terrible. Mm. And maybe ultimately, you know, that's going to be the part where they hire me to do it for them because I will. Yeah. Which is cool. Like, I'm happy to do that. But I I see it again and again and again that just like people keep talking about this concept of camera ready <laughs> right ah, I'm so, oh, like what okay. kind of camera are we talking about yeah and i mean okay. i'm gonna go back to modeling like when they had to stitch my ass into the outfits like right. those aren't real outfits those aren't those yeah. aren't real sets that's not those real. real places the audience is fully camera ready is bullshit over it they don't fucking care and being camera ready isn't gonna protect you from garbage content oh it's not you have to embrace, like what that does is it's just polishing turds and you don't actually accept that you're putting out garbage content. You're like, nah, it's so shiny. It's, this can't be garbage. No, embrace, embrace that you will put out absolute garbage. It was delightful to me to put out my thousand dollar Crocs, hashtagged garbage, trashy, dirty Crocs. Like, yes. <laughs> These are my Crocs. I'm just, yeah. This is good. And it was all for me. And then it performed well anyway. And I was just like, what? Okay, whatever. I don't. And I'm getting uh, back into doing my cringy ASMR videos. Oh. That's good. Ugh. I like that. But it's, again, it's that, you know, people, the reason that people like the cringy videos is because we're so over-indexed on polish. Yeah. People want to see that messiness. The B-roll's about to become the show, folks. You need to just chill the fuck out. I think that line is just it in a nutshell. <laughs> That'll be our hook like today. Like all the outtakes. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's sort of like the pivot that happened for um, 
like people wait until after the credits because they want to see all the bloopers and right. the outtakes and then this you know? and the that because it's like no I want to know what really happened really motivating people to sit their asses in the seat and wait till the last possible moment oh. you know man but I like I'm I'm thinking the whole fear of failure not fear fear of failure fear of success which is the next part but I am taking this class the whole time management class mm-hmm. and part of it is that we coach and are coached we practice our skills and then have other people practice them on us one of the side effects of doing that is you wind up coming face to face with a lot of your bullshit really quick so (laughs) one of the things that like came up in multiple rounds was just that whole physician heal thyself like i'm learning how to help people through transitional points and like getting motivated taking action and doing these things but as i am forced to stop and turn around and look back at the shit i'm doing it's like physician heal thyself this is all stuff that i struggle with too and there is this part of me that's like well who's gonna come who's gonna come to me for these kind of services when i'm struggling with it and it's like but i'm i'm fighting through it and finding different ways to fight through it. So there is that where it's like I'm developing not just one skill set, but like eight different ones <laughs> to power through and do it the best I can. Like uh, when I was talking about with the, my control issues and smarter cue and like doing mm, batching all my it. yeah, like batching all my social media. It oh mm, just who. It is still nerve-wracking, but it's getting out there. And now that it's getting out there, I'm getting engagement. And I'm like, okay, which then freaks me out because it's like, wait, the, the, the thing that I was afraid of is actually happening. And But it's not bad, but it's happening. And uh, Right, that legend of things being terrible thing. Uh, <laughs> sort of like I was talking about the other day, like over the last one of the last episodes, but just like that, that fear of rejection. Yeah. That isn't. Like once you get, I got rejected. I was like, "Oh, what the fuck was I freaking out about?" Like, it's cool. I'm it's fine. It's all what, really cool. This was that was great. You know, <laughs> like, I'm oh. also in a class. I'm taking uh, uh, Seth Godin's. Um, what is it? The marketing seminar is mm-hmm. what they call it, mm-hmm. which seems very pretentious to begin with. And I almost dropped it because it's just it's very intensely forum based, and part of me is is kind of amazed and also part of me is very irritated about the, the the format where they just give you a quick video and then they expect you to figure it out in the forums well i'm narrow atypical so reading is extremely hard and like just emotionally challenging in a way that probably not necessary but totally still happening and it's exhausting and i i was like yeah i'm gonna be good and that's a thing that will happen sometimes. I'll sign up for a class and I'll just be like, nope, this is not working for me. I got to go. And then my buddy who I did the wedding video for, I go back to their office and they're like, there's competitors coming from this other place and they're going to bring like 30 tanks. And like my friend has like two installing mm. their third tank, you know? Uh this is a big deal and and they're like we need to launch a marketing campaign to just like establish this as a thing and i'm like okay fine fine i will go back to the forums i will struggle and i will feel real stupid 
and just embrace that I am terrible at this and I'm not good at reading and it's gonna take me a really long time and most people don't understand the assignments and so like, and then because it's like a forum thing for marketers, I feel like like generally people like talking about themselves, but marketers like talking about themselves like kind of extra a lot. So even if they didn't understand the question or the assignment, they'll just go. And it'll be like hundreds of words. And I'm just reading this like, I don't, I'm not sure what's happening. I don't, I, I, this is not helping me make sense of the assignment. I'm just gonna keep going and read a few of them and then just like ask for help. And then I was able to actually figure it out. Um, but I'm also super like on the defensive also because of the, the shoulder work and stuff too. So mm. I kind of got in a fight with one of the teachers about like, I felt like I got scolded for asking questions. I'm like, bro, you were the one that told me to ask the questions ask the stupid questions and ask them publicly so everybody can benefit from them, which is a thing that happened in the DM very early in the process. And now I feel totally shut down. I'm also confused on the next lesson and I'm afraid to ask for help. So what am I supposed to do? <laughs> mm. um, so it's just been like, I've just been forcing myself through it and it's one of those things where Gary Vee talks about sticking to your um your lane and the things that you know yeah but the reading is a thing that's out of my lane and i forced myself to suck and just be terrible at it because my kids because i had little children and they need to learn how to read and like i think it's important to read to them and i want to be able to do that but i was so ashamed of my reading skills that i wouldn't for months mm. And like, finally talked to my co-parents about it and they were like, just, you know, do as best you can. And the first day that I read to them, I did like seven like little board books, little simple, yeah. silly things. But I was terrible and also sobbing, ugly crying out the face about it because I was just like dealing with so much emotional baggage around reading and the the need to perform it well, even though we're literally in the living room and my children aren't even gonna have any memory of this because they're freaking six months old. Okay, <laughs> like, I'm still like really, really in my head about whether or not I'm doing this right. And I just had to embrace and let myself be bad at it and, and especially doing that in front of my kids, even if they are six months old, like just suck. Just be okay with being terrible. And, you know, my ability to read now is actually really good in a way that had I not forced myself to do that, and it's one of the things that Gary Vee specifically says is like when they got to the part where we were reading books to them, I was like, nah, nope. Mm. Nope. But there's so much to benefit from really pushing yourself through the thing you suck at mm -hmm. to figure it out to just, you know, eat every bite of that humble pie. <laughs> the whole thing, not a slice, the whole pie. Just until one bite you, at a time. <laughs> until you get it. And not everybody even gets the opportunity to sit with finding humility within themselves. Give yourself that opportunity. So. Yeah. I think that's, 
Yeah. You got any? No, it's like just unless it's me having another meltdown about class. and. <laughs> I mean, we can. We can save it for the Rantifesto. Okay, let's go for the Ranty. Okay. There's the button. There's the button. Uh-huh. And there's the wave. So, Rantifesto time. We're going to talk about fear of success, fear of failure, or just, just change. Change. They're all names for the same movement. thing. Where I was very settled before, and now it's moving, and I don't like it. <laughs> W-T entire F. <sighs> So, uh, how's that going for you? (laughs) Uh, I'm trying to figure out where to start, and I'm just going to, like, start with my own discomfort. (laughs) So, in the class and getting the coaching around, the specific topic is time management and -hmm. where does my time go and how do I, like, how do I use it? Am I using it in the best possible way? And the answer to that is no. I mean, sure, none of us are. Yeah, no, I mean, none of us really are. Um, But there is like the underlying question, what is the best use of your time? How do you make those decisions? How do you figure out what is the best thing for you? Hello, kitty. Sometimes it is petting a kitty. That is the best use of your act. She wanted you. I I feel very clearly that she wanted you. Yeah, Yeah, no, that's cool. Come on. Or not. Or not. Okay, come here. But like sometimes petting the cat is the best use of your time. Other times it's actually getting work done for current values of work, whatever that is. And I was very aware that I have not been utilizing my time the best. And one of the things in coaching is that they will ask more questions and more questions and dig and dig. She says ruefully. Um because they ask questions to get at the why underneath all of that. What does ruefully mean? <clears throat> Sorry. Just sort of like mm, curses. Oh, okay. Just, like I know you're doing. Ah, uh, you will rue the day. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Like, Carry on. Like Sorry, I, I didn't. Mm. Ah. All right. <laughs> ruing. Continue okay. on about your ruing. No. Oh, mm. <laughs> the questions that my practice coach asked me were really good and got at the heart of things, which was that if I make my time go away, however I do that, then I don't have to deal with the discomfort that comes from making the changes necessary to be successful. It is a comfort-seeking measure. I am comfortable in my identity And that identity does not currently have room for what I would imagine success to be. Mm. And that is some shit to like sit and look at in yourself and like, oh, snap. So the thing that that came up for me, are you? I'll come back around. I just need a minute. So go for for it. Go for it. Okay. I just want to check. Um, the, the thing that came up for me when you were talking about this earlier is it's just like, if you aren't a cis dude that's white, our examples of 
success and power yes aren't aren't things that we've been taught to identify with and oftentimes you've seen them used in unhelpful really terrible ways maybe also yes and so it's to me it's very similar to when you start as a an adult baby queer in the world and you don't know how to have a relationship because there's when you're straight you get this blueprint the heteronormative world is reinforced around us all the time mm. mm-hmm. and i didn't when you're queer that you don't have that and you have to just think about it a little, little harder and figure out what it means to you what do you want it to be what do, yeah what do you want out of this what is meaningful what, what's the real deal breaker for you like that kind of stuff um and to me it's a very similar feeling it's, of like what does it mean to be a leader because I mean, my parents were not super awesome. Like, like I love them, I forgive them. It was a long time ago. I've had so much therapy. But like, you know, it's, I don't have good examples for this. So I've gotta make it up. And I thankfully, being queer has given me a little bit of experience and i'm just gonna i can i have the power actually to make my reality what i want it to be and make myself happy and if that means i look like a my little pony that plays softball you know what that sounds awesome (laughs) 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 you know it's that's great um and it's just the flexibility that we don't assume is there because of the rigidity yes. that this that is we've the, been presented this is what success with. is this yeah. is what it's going to look like and this oh is my what God. you need to look like to be this role does that, that mean that like everything that's me is going to fall away and am i going to be forced to fit into this blueprint and like who who am i and who am i in relation to what what i perceive success to be and slash versus um what I imagine success can be mm-hmm. like just like a little difference there. There's a there's a part <laughs> of success where it's just like it's almost similar to like the the nice guys finish last oh, sort of thing. And we're like, in order to be successful, you kind of need to be a shithead. Yeah, fuck that. No, I don't actually want to have anything to do with that. No, that's or that even some anything bullshit. vaguely exploitive. Uh, <laughs> nope. And I think that's the the flip side of it because when you stop to start to um, when you stop to start to when you pause and like think on what success is and you start to do that serious questioning like wait maybe this thing that I'm being told is it is the pinnacle is what I'm like the heteronormative. <laughs> platonic heteronormative ideal of success. I don't know if that's quite the right phrasing or anything, but that sort of success, capital S, is this thing over here that everybody knows when they see it, sees it, when they see it, of course, mm-hmm. yeah. But the no. Joneses, whoever the fuck those whoever Joneses are. Whoever the fuck the Joneses are. Those Joneses. Yeah, um, but when you pause and start to ask questions about that, and you start to conceive of different ways success can show up for you, that is by its nature imagining change imagining something outside of what is predictable outside of what is known and man fear of the unknown is a real thing 
Oh. It really is. And it's not it's not bad. It's a natural like it is a reaction. It is a body. It's I like will it's repeatedly your body. choose the trauma and the reactions to the trauma because, because I've it's done known. The, I've done that so many times it's before known. I decide oh, I'm actually going to get this giant man elbow into my back to dig this trauma out right now. Like But it but that like choosing I don't know what to do now. Thing. Like yeah. it's it's even if it is bad or traumatic, and like back away from the, even using the word bad, it just is what it is. But when it has the same disastrous results in one form or another, time after time, but you still choose it because it's the way things have always been, the way business has always operated, it's the thing we've always known, it's the way relationships are always structured. So stepping out into the void and saying, okay, there is something different out there. We have to like figure this out. It's fucking terrifying. <laughs> also, looking at oh the way God. things are shitty. <laughs> well, yeah. In order to fix the thing, you have to look at the shitty thing. That is true, and that's I don't kind of look a downer. At that. Yeah, it's kind of a downer. It's kind of. I don't want to do that it's at all. Just a straight up downer. Um, but it's it is a combination of things. So looking, looking at all that, and then taking. You know, turning around and looking back at, okay, I have a fear of success, but a, but looking at fear of success in that context, it's it's part of this. It is another step in undoing a lot of what we're trying to undo, unlearn, reconceptualize, um, and it's not easy or comfortable. The thing it's humbling as fuck. Oh god, it is. <laughs> the thing that keeps coming up for me again and again is that to do great things, you have to act like there's no net. <laughs> if you hold back even a little bit, even a little bit like someone's going to protect you from yourself somehow, it's not as good. It's not as vulnerable. And, and you got to be willing to do that high risk because to get super vulnerable like that over and over and over again, because you can't, you can't get addicted to that feedback of likes, praise, all that praise, all those good grades, you know, whatever those click through rates that are like, oh, that's success. Like, nope. Having a good permanent record. Yeah. How's your permanent <laughs> record? Um, I I kind of, the, the other part of the fear of success and the fear of change for me is that, that we're in a position because we've experienced upward mobility that we can even have this conversation. Yeah. That we can do anything about this at all. It's just like the, the amount of, survivor's guilt that gets mixed up in just holding on to an identity that I've been in this place with my body for so long or I've been in this place you know with anything for so long that I'm not willing to look at a different way that it could be mm -hmm. I'm so protective of the way I believe it should be they say in quotes, quotes right yeah or what I want it to be, that I won't accept how it is. 
Yeah. And I think and that that's one of the things that the cards has been really great for us for the last uh -huh. couple of weeks is it's just like, yeah, sometimes it just sucks. Sometimes it's just terrible. Mm. And sometimes you're kind of flailing around and you don't actually know what the hell you're doing. Nope. Um, and yeah. And I mean, and part of the not, part of the not knowing what you're doing or what you're supposed to be doing again supposed to is in air quotes uh is that what the hell am i doing here anyway i wasn't supposed to make it this far i'm not supposed to be here <laughs> saying things uh, out loud what mm -hmm. yeah it's, uh, yeah when you start to realize no I, I, According to the odds, I should not be here. Mm -hmm. I've like ducked and dodged lots of things through the course of my life. Um, and there is this weird kind of like, why me? Why? How the hell did I get here? And, and, and why can't I really... Well, the thing that fucks me up is like, why can't what? I protect my family? Why can't I protect the people that I care about? Why can't I convince people whatever it's my codependency mm. you know why why can't i show people whatever the fuck it is that i saw that got me out that what, what and that's a part of what i'm trying to do here is 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 explore that transition like how and what people do <sighs> yeah i mean and uh, and now I'm thinking about that damn permanent record again. Because that, like, actually getting that folder in my hands. God, I wish I had that. That's so cool. Unlocked so many things. And not in a conscious way even, but mm, it's just paper. It's just a bunch of paper. With, that was bludgeon. Yeah. That was... Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I imagine when I was little, I would imagine this vault that had everyone's record. And it would felt like you went, you went off to college and your record would follow you. And then like you graduated from college and your record would go Someone wherever would you would. Someone would look that like, shit yeah, up. They totally would. Doesn't matter. <clears throat> no. And no one looks at that. Yeah. It, to understand like there are all these things you were supposed to do in order to get out or do like get to whatever level the adults in your life may or may not have been pushing you towards um and then once you do you turn around and it's it's all just ideas it's all just wants desires they're not tangible and in fairness like our parents wanted what was best for us they were perhaps clueless hmm. no i mean i joke I was, like, I was born, I was raised in Gary, Indiana in the 70s. Um, and I joke that I was raised to run. Mm. Um, there, like, it was definitely, there is nothing here for you. We are going to raise you the best we can, and then you, your job is to run. <laughs> like, okay. My graduation gift was uh, a full set of luggage. Pack it. Leave. <laughs> that's hardcore <laughs> yeah so mm. there is that sort of you take that and it's 
And I guess in the back of my head, it has been like, okay, the thing that I have learned is to run. But when you are facing success, and I'm putting success in quotes as well, I guess for me, what's coming up is that urge to run. Mm. Like that's, that's real. Not necessarily helpful at this particular moment in time because there's a lot of shit that I need to just like do in order to make what I want to have happen exist in the world. Um, but yeah, it's sort of fighting that urge to run. It can be so much work getting over old stories. Mm-hmm. Like our, our parents, whether or not they were conscious, they implanted stories into us. And we have an opportunity to stop saying those stories and like look at things and be like, what, what is happening here? What do I want? Mm. What is the impact of this? And not everybody gets an opportunity to look at that. And mm-hmm. that's fair, they're just surviving and more power to you. Best of luck to you. Yeah, sometimes the best thing you can do is make it to the end of the day in one piece, and I salute you. But once you start to get any kind of leverage, what you do with it is important. And we get so many shitty examples of bad leadership. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of hard to work for yourself out something that you know, doesn't sound terrible. Like just thinking about the the legend of of Christopher Columbus and how it's changed in our time. Yeah. Like he had a very bad PR person <laughs> for the last fifteen years, <sighs> or a really good one for a, for a while before that, mm-hmm. right? And and I think the game to me is at least thinking in those long terms. Like a lot of people believed that legend. For a long time. And then it just evaporated. Like if you're basing your life off of legends that somebody made up, make up your own. And yeah, that means that you're gonna have to improvise and... Also, you'll fuck up. (laughs) Yeah, there will be some fucking up. There will be some improvisation. You're gonna have to go out on a limb and do a couple of silly things, more than a couple of silly things, but. Embracing change. Yeah. I think embracing change is really important because we don't get to avoid it. Oh no. (laughs) Like literally the whole job of a priest is to help people process change. (laughs) That's their whole job. You had a baby, you got married. Change, You got your kid graduated. Change. You. So your mom died. Change. You, you know, <laughs> like, <clears throat> like it that's just what keeps they do. Coming. It keeps coming. You can't stop it. Embrace the part, like as a, uh, you know, a dyke in the '90s. That was a thing, a setting that one had. <laughs> you know, dykes have a thing where, like, or even like the 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 stereotype of homo, where like we take the behavior of the opposite sex that is the worst, and we glamorize it. We make it cool. For some reason, that it seems cute on us. It took me a while to realize it wasn't actually cute on anyone. Anyway, um, one of the things is the I will not learn new things. I will be an old man. You will get off my fucking lawn. You know, 
You don't even have a lawn like you live in an apartment. Doesn't matter. I've <laughs> got <laughs> the fucking astroturf on that back porch, motherfucker. Get off my lawn. Oh, uh, and I'm thinking about the number of young old women or old men. Old mm-hmm. young women who were old internally old men that I did. You literally like, just oh. called yourself a plebeian in here a second ago. I did. <laughs> it was the most hilarious moment. <laughs> where Courtney wants to be like Oh yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a plebeian. Da, 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 da. I'm like, I'm did a, you look just. I am a Luddite. Yeah, that's the word. I am a Luddite. Courtney tried to call herself a Luddite a second ago, and I was like, what? You, you. It was because I didn't have an iPhone. <laughs> Platform judgments. Like, you know, you can change to the dark side anytime. <laughs> it's fine. <clears throat> anyway, it was funny. It was. Um, and there's no, uh, there's no benefit to that. Yeah. The benefit is to the learning. It was this weird moment of, wait a minute, I'm not a Luddite. Holy crap. I've like conceived of myself in this way. And you like, get so attached to those ideas. Everything that's happening is turning all of that on its head. I am so not the person I was. Thank God. But, <laughs> but it becomes a point where you recognize who you are and it's a new kind of confidence. Mm. When you shed those old stories that don't make sense, you put so much energy into maintaining them. Mm-hmm. It can be like new breath sometimes, letting go yeah. of those old stories and being like, nope, this, is, this change has happened. I am terrified. I do not know what I'm doing. I am carrying on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think the takeaway from this embrace would be, change. Yeah, embrace change. Like people are looking at ways to change the world. And you can't change the world and have the same old people in it. I think I've said this Ooh. before. People mm. have to change too. You Everyone, Each one of yeah, you. It, us. Like, we have to All change. of us. And we have to embrace that in whatever form it shows up. It's likely to get messier before it's not messy, honestly. So, yeah, I think the takeaway would be make peace with the mess. Mm. At least that's the one I've got right now. That's, that's really, yeah, where I'm at as well. <laughs> so I think that's our show. Yeah. Um... You can join us online if you would like to tell us your stories yeah. about change. You can email us at kindnessecon at gmail.com. Yeah. We got the website That's for a thing. past episodes. You can find us on all of the places that you find your podcasts. Please like and subscribe. Yeah. And also like a little, you know, re- review with the little yeah, stars. Please tell us what we can do. I know you're listening out there. People the numbers like, go tell up. Tell me. That tell us what listening. you want and but, what you like. Yeah, also tell us things that you'd like to hear. Mm-hmm. What do you want to hear us dig into? Because please. It's it's kind of interesting to have the back and forth. Like I like talking with people who say that they hear listen to us. Um it's like give me, let's Welcome, extend the please. conversation. And you can find me online in yes. all of the social medias at Bonus Parent Baba. And yeah, that's all you. That's and then me. I am Courtney King. You can find me at ckingsolutions.com. That's the letter C, 
KingSolutions.com. I'm like trying to collect all of my social media stuff there. Fair enough. Yeah. And sign up for the mailing list. That's the thing I'm like pushing for now. Reading. Yeah, reading. Because writing. Because I'm writing. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Please take excellent care of yourself and the people and the world around you. Be kind. I'll see you in the future. So now we're, we'll say we'll cut it here. Yeah, this oh, is fine. Here's okay, our tarot yeah. card reading. Tarot card reading. Does the wave look okay? Wave looks okay. Wave looks normal. Yeah. So. It does not look jittery. Um, Looks a little weak. Maybe if I talk into the microphone, that helps. Indeed. Mm. So today we want to talk about what is the actual topic? Because mm. um, I feel like. Fear of success, fear but of success. I'm not quite sure. Fear of success fear and... Fear of change. Yeah. Fear of change. Yeah, because I think that's what's underneath all of it. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about change. Changes. Oh. oh, yeah, I could probably cut that. That's fine. <laughs> okay, tarot cards. You pull one? Is it time to pick the card? Pull a card. Whoa. The Emperor. Oh dear. That looks intense. Uh will you read the book for the me? Major Arcana. For sure. Those are the purple ones, I think. Yeah. Uh like I stop sticking. The image is uh Abraham Lincoln Memorial, specifically. Yeah. It's kind of heavy duty, yeah. Let's see what the card has to say. Number four, the emperor. Correspondences, Aries. Keywords, the principle of patriarchy, power, victory of man over nature, science, structure and order, reason. Negatives, aggression, tyranny, control and domination of others, Hang-ups about one's father in, or men in general. Meaning. As a card, the emperor signifies the male order of things. It stands for civilization, laws, science, hierarchy, and power. The willingness to lead, to take responsibility, to provide, and to protect the weak are also attributes of this card. Exploring the card. The Lincoln Monument in Washington, D.C. serves as the emperor for this deck. This card brings to bear contrast between male and female, race, power, and animate versus inanimate. The Empress cares about her own flesh and blood. The Emperor will sacrifice other mother's children to serve his vision. Lincoln's seat has two face, two faces? Ah, fascists. Two fascists supporting his hands. These bundles of reeds were carried before Roman officials to mark their status. Fascism derived its name from this tradition. This points to the card's shadow message that the emperor will destroy anyone who dares to challenge his power. Heavy cards again. Relevant. Relevant. Relevant on so many levels. Change. Mm, this is going to be good. Let's, Let's see get where going. It goes. <laughs> 